Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Jordan. Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Yeah? That's great. Yeah. Happy to hear it. Uh, today, <laughs> we played uh, Below the Ocean by uh, Ismael Rodriguez. Um... And it is a platformer, a puzzle platformer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game where you play as a little diver guy, and ad- I will say, an adorable little. Uh, he is little pretty cute. It is true. Deep sea diver. The proportion of his body to uh, his little diver helmet is uh-huh. just so cute. Yeah. So, so you play as this little diver guy. Uh, skulking around at the bottom of the ocean looking for treasure um and kind of the 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 hook the mechanical hook of this game is that uh you don't just get to move around totally freely um you have to tether yourself to these little oxygen tanks sitting on the ocean floor um and once you tether to them you sort of have this big long I guess oxygen tube it, that would be feeding you <laughs> oxygen from this tank and once you reach the end of that uh that tether you can't go any further but you can sort of exploit some of the properties of that tether uh like the fact that uh you know if it's pulled to its full length and you kind of wrap it around something you can kind of swing and gain momentum um and then from there the uh extra mechanics and puzzles just get sort of layered on top of that base it's kind of um i'm trying to think of what the model would be like um for this kind of uh, game where it's got like a small core set of things and then uh, a bunch of little mechanics that get used for like a level and then they you mean every puzzle platformer. That's no, true. I, I, I think guess... I think it's uh, I mean, it does remind me of Celeste at points, but I would say this is a little less um, about like fine grained motor control. For the most part, there's a few levels that are a little like uh, sure. timing based, but I would say mostly it's more puzzly than that. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting game. I think it's it's a fun inversion of like the concept of a platformer because you're underwater. Uh, yeah. Which, like you you definitely have to suspend a little bit of disbelief which of course in video games is never very hard uh (laughs) because you're already playing a video game uh but uh you know the the concept of like jumping around seems foreign uh like at the bottom of the ocean but then as you move around uh first of all there becomes moments where you are not in water you're in air and your character behaves very differently and also i think I think the 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 characteristics of your jump are really informed by the fact that you're supposed to be underwater and that I, I, have, I don't think I've played another game where you have a jump that is this shallow like it's you just you don't jump very high yes, but you can it's move true. you fall slowly and floatily but you also don't have a lot of jump to you yeah you have Although a you can't you have wall a t- jump. Yeah, you have a ton of ability for lateral movement though uh, like partially because it's floaty and partially also just because you have a lot of, uh, of sort of, I guess normally it'd be air control, but you're under the water. I'm just going to call it air control. Uh, you have a lot of, uh, control of how much your character moves side to side, even though that jump is really shallow and it, it it makes it kind of interesting. It makes it feel distinct from other platformers, 
uh, and that like something that you know like in Mario for example looks like a jump you could make you definitely could not make in this game because it'd be way too short but there are some really weird long shallow jumps that you can make easily in this game so it, it gives it a very distinct feeling um, which is neat you know it is neat yeah I think um, I, I I would agree that it is a very distinct feeling and I think that uh, it it really does. Um, I feel like they have accomplished making the platformer movement feel watery, you know, for lack yeah. of a, be- a better word. It does. You do feel um, I feel like it expresses its theme in uh, your movement very well. I'm like, oh, yes, I am underwater and it feels like I am. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was that was uh, very nice. Um, yeah. And oh, good. I was going to say like weird physics things that don't seem like they would make sense. It's a little bit easier to uh, justify them, I guess, like the the way with the tether, you can kind of start from no mom- uh, momentum and just kind of like swing yourself around. Uh, if it was a game where you're supposed to be floating around in the air, that might feel really weird. But for some reason, even though like it's not any less true that underwater it's hard for you to just like start from not moving to and go to moving without touching anything, but it's a little bit more believable. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I will say that when you're swinging, you have a level of momentum that doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're being slowed down by water friction, but uh, no, no, (laughs) no, you honestly uh, feel kind of like that's kind of when it, it starts to border on feeling like you're in outer space or something. But yeah, um, that's actually that's actually a great point that uh, I would say definitely quite a few elements of this game feel a little bit more like being in outer space than being underwater. Um, But we can get we can get to that later, mm -hmm. uh, I guess. Um, I was curious about your thoughts about the sort of like uh, thematic trappings, which are are not a lot, but uh, there's sort of before each level and they're only there are four. Well, I guess there are four stages and each stage has a bunch of little rooms with puzzles in them. They're, they're quite long. I mean, they go from like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the whole thing took me longer than an hour. So yeah, yeah. They're decent sized. Um, but each level has this sort of preface. Uh, I, I assume from the point of view of your character, where their origin story is that their father was like a deep sea treasure hunter and you are also a deep sea treasure hunter. And there's a lot of themes of like obsession. Like this, this person is, uh, yeah, it's like consumed their life. It's, it's all they care about. Yeah. It's it's something like this abyss is my home or where I belong or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something like that. I'm curious how you feel about that. Um, I mean, I thought it was uh night, is to i mean i think for a game this abstract it's not really necessary other than a little bit of like you know i'm a person in the ocean Uh um i think that at a narrative level this game was much stronger in the in the just sort of like organic um scene setting of the, the mechanics and the zones i did feel like um uh for the most part this game had very um memorable uh like visual communication and mechanical communication Mm. just a lot of um the situations just feel very fully realized but i think that the 
you know, the narrative works best at, at like a level of cartoon logic. Um, you know, it's this dude swinging through the ocean, uh, maybe more so than uh, I am the son of a great treasure yeah. hunter who must live up to my father's name. <laughs> yeah. I also was wondering if that, that was like, I mean, I didn't feel like we got a ton of resolution to that plot no. either. Like, no. um, even though it did sort of seem like it was developing Going somewhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I didn't think much about that while I was playing it though. I was just kind of like, let's get back to the floating (laughs) yeah normally this kind of thing wouldn't get to me but i think i think it it plays into a general feeling of sort of like friction between elements that i felt in uh while playing this game that i think Hmm. stopped me from connecting with it totally and so i i just kind of liked it didn't didn't love it because I it, it felt like the the art style and the gameplay felt like fun, cute, doesn't need any more explanation than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then having this sort of like grim or, you know, more like darker sounding or not uh, the the implications of the narrative are like about darkness, you know, like a dark subject matter. Like I'm consumed by I'm obsessed with treasure hunting and the other mm-hmm. treasure hunters uh, are kind of weird afraid of me because I'm so like single-mindedly determined. And then you play the game and you're like this cute little guy bopping around and like there's cute little animals you can mess with. It just felt weird to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yes, I agree that it feels uh, kind of, so. I mean, but on the other hand, I felt like it felt so out of place that it was easy for me to just, I mean, I uh, barely read it. I just clicked through it. Yeah, yeah, I was more. I was enough. more focused on the, you know, the game. Yeah. See, for me, it just sort of was like cumulative because I also felt like the music. I mean, the music itself, like as music, was fine, but it also just tonally felt. I I don't know. I guess I just couldn't. I I wasn't getting a strong sense of the identity this game wanted to have because each different aesthetic element spoke to a different identity to me. They didn't sort of. Uh, hmm. come together harmoniously you know what i mean like the 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 sort of like the trappings of like my father was a diver and i'm a diver too and then the fact that you come down in the uh oh what's the big metal thing uh is that a bathysphere is that what they're called i have no idea i think i think that's what it's called uh but you like the concept of like bathysphere diving bell is like old timey diving and like that's like oh it's like a fun explorer thing and like oh my dad was an explorer so it's like okay is that the theme of this game and then you start playing the game and it's like oh well it seems a lot more abstract and kind of like cute and fun but then the music is like kind of like hip-hop beats but like eight bit I i don't know i just i just ended up feeling a little bit confused by it or or just like i said like it didn't have that sort of like harmony uh where you know that all the different elements are working together to sort of um sell you the the theme on top of the mechanics itself and i don't know it's weird because like if in in my like if a game is just raw mechanics straight up mechanical like i can i can i can jive with that you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm down for some, some shitty programmer art, uh, and just a game that's just like, 
I don't know how to make art, but I know how to make a game that's fun to play. Like, okay, great. I can do that. Uh, and so like, but by trying to have theme in there and having stuff sort of clashing, it just, I don't know why. Like I didn't think that it would be a thing that would bother me that much, but I feel like it just stopped me from connecting huh. with the game very, on a level higher than just like, I'm very intrigued by this. Cause it's such a small, I mean, in terms of the amount of time on your screen that the theme is like, well, it's the, not the even just that though. Probably occupies what? 90 seconds of the, entire playthrough and the you know if that and i guess the music you know maybe that's it's playing more the whole pervasive time. but yeah. i kind of uh i didn't think too hard about that i didn't yeah. i don't think that i thought the visual motif was like purely cute though because i do think it is like you are in a threatening world and it's mm-hmm. a little um a lot of the art is for lack of a word, better word, vibey, you know, like mm. the, the, well, we haven't, we haven't mentioned yet, but it's, it's kind of like a, it's not quite a one bit art style. One bit would be like, you know, white and one other color or basically two colors. Uh, they're like three. I mean, is it just white, black, blue, yellow? I think are pretty much all the colors. I think there's any red is there? No, I don't believe there's red. And I mean, there are shades of white gray, but I think. Right, right. It's got it's got a very limited color palette Mm -hmm. um, and it gives it this kind of like stark look, which I think is is cool because it makes it look like the bottom of the ocean when everything is black and white, except for things are some things are blue. It's like, oh, that 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 reads oceany to me. Um, Yeah, and I guess. I mean, I see, I see where you're coming from that. Like, it's not, it's not a strictly cute art style, but I guess just like, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but just the, the sum total of the parts here just felt off to me in a way that distracted me more than I thought it would in a game. That's like, you know, a fun little like puzzle platformer game. I didn't think that I would be so like put off by that, but I found myself not enjoying the puzzle platforming as much after a while because it i just there's like a weird i I can't quite describe it there's just like a weird tension of of just like this doesn't feel like different parts of the same game you know what i mean interesting i think i would probably (laughs) agree that the i mean yeah i agree that the narrative part was not didn't feel super important and the music i mostly forgot about um Mm -hmm. But I, I'll be honest, that didn't really occur, occur to me while playing it because I was, <laughs> you know, maybe I just found it easy to, uh, you know, just ignore that aspect of sure. it. Sure, sure. And I'm curious. It, def- if, like, it definitely feels like a mechanics driven game to me. That's right. the the kind of core of the, I don't know, experience. Right, right. I don't know, Jordan. I don't know what it is, but just some, th- this, it just didn't quite hang together for me. And, and like another, another thing is that I found. So, so the, the concept of like you're tethered to oxygen feels a little bit like a, a, a grounding with reality. Right. Uh, to me, I, I read it as like, Oh, you have to connect to, to oxygen. So this is like sort of something that is meant to be as a, as a connection to the real world of like, uh, there was a time when, you know, scuba diving wasn't a thing and you had to connect 
you know, there were diving bells. You didn't have to, or you, you, you couldn't just roam around freely beneath the ocean. Uh, but then as it introduces more mechanics, they become more and more abstract to the point that it's literally just like, like geometric objects floating in the sky and you just like <laughs> grabbing them and then connecting them together. And that, that to me also just felt so weird. It's like, why do you have the theme of being tethered to, to tanks of oxygen underwater? If at a certain point it's just going to fall away and become basically strictly mechanical. Like if you, if you, if you pick either way, I think I wouldn't have been bothered by it. Uh, but the, f- like if it was just, I'm a little guy running around and I've got these things that I'm tethered to for one reason or another. I'm a, you know, I'm a little robot and I need electricity from the tether thing or, you know, whatever justification you have, but just that sort of like little bit of dissonance of like, Oh, well I have to be connected to oxygen and like, Oh, there, there's a part where I get disconnected and I have, it counts down as I run out of breath. It's like, okay, that makes sense. But then to in concert with that, just have like, a weird tank that makes it so gravity is reversed or (laughs) yeah, that one was a little confusing. Like it it just felt off to me. Like, I I, I don't know. You know, I I think the game has its cake and There's like (laughs) bubbles and Uh crabs and jellyfish. I mean, I think the, the exactly it's like halfway consistent and then very conveniently is like, Oh, well then, and here's like a, a, a magic thing over here that if you interact with <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like it's, it was weird because I feel like normally I would not get caught up in this kind of stuff at all because, you know, like for gameplay purposes, it largely d- does not matter. But I, I think the fact that it's like a half measure in between, I just really, it didn't, sit, <laughs> didn't sit right with me, man. I don't know why I am. I, 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 um intrigued by this blake <laughs> i am too i am too I, I can't say that it, i mean i will say that the the tank that makes the world or gravity opposite i was a little confused by that although b- that was more the fact that i was also that one took me a minute to even understand what it was doing at a mechanical level because mm-hmm. i didn't realize that it's not that gravity turns upside down it's that it gives you full control over your like suddenly right. you're able to control your movement in every direction. Well, so, 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 so this is kind of like where I think the friction starts to come in is like once the analogy of what it's supposed to be is not clear, it's hard to make sense of what these things are supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. I just, when you yeah, based I think a lot of your mechanics kind of the extreme example though. Like I think most of yeah, the I mean, mechanics are very clear. I mean, they, I mean, some of them, yeah, I take your point. The if you try to map them onto the narrative logic, they're confusing. Like for example, there's a basically like an electrification mechanic. Right. Um right. it's like why is your <laughs> oxygen tube uh conducting uh-huh. material and why would you go electrify yourself on that? Not clear, but mechanically I think that one's super clear. Like it lights right. up yellow. Right. The connection has to be made between the thing and the other totally. thing. Right. Um, so that one, I mean, yeah, I guess I did have a similar experience of like, you know, I touch the thing and it lights up of being like, you know, the thought process sort of like first thing, oh, it's uh, electricity. Second thought, wait, why aren't yeah, I underwater? Wait. Third thought, yeah. whatever. 
and keep playing. <laughs> right, right. And I guess just that that whatever to me, like I was also kind of like whatever, but it, it did leave me with an overall feeling of like, I wish I didn't have to say whatever to so many elements uh, or like so many little, because it, it sure. is mostly little stuff, but that so many things left me with whatever just left me feeling uh, colder on the game, even as I thought it was fun and introduced fun mechanics and had some, 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 some fun things to figure out. It was I, a weird I will experience. say that the, I mean, it's sort of like, I think we've talked about this, something akin to this previous times we've talked about puzzle platformers, but the sort of like logic of the puzzle platformers, like introduce a mechanic and then, you know, you can almost imagine the developers, you know, brainstorm whiteboard where they're like, okay, here, what's every way I can break or alter this mechanic. I've just taught them. And then, you know, the best puzzle platformers, you know, they have interesting iterations on it that they sort of like mimics the experience of learning something new, like, Oh, there's so much more depth to this than I realized. And that can be really rewarding. Um, but, um, I, I think that, um, some of them are like, I think very organic and both right. a mechanical and a narrative level. So for example, when you detach your tube and you suddenly have a limited amount of oxygen, it sort of right. creates a time trial aspect. And then right. there's also little places where you can get oxygen either in future oxygen tanks or just little air pockets of air. And right. those are nice because they're like both, you know, a mechanical iteration uh-huh. and uh, like sort of or organically logical development yep. from what you've seen so far. The electricity one, I feel like it is like mechanically and visually very clear what's happening, but yeah, it is a little bit more like why has this been right? I don't know. I mean, I think for me, I kind of say that, just is like part of the reason why I just see this as a very mechanics driven game, because if I'm Mm -hmm. looking at it abstractly, like if I pretend I don't know that I'm underground, I just know that there is an agent that is hooked to these things by a cord. Then the idea that there's electricity, you know, is totally, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Sure. Um, Yeah. So it it almost feels like the sort of, you know, this game is about a dude attached by a cord first and diving second. Right. And I, I, I think that's just where I, I, I mean, I, at this point, it doesn't really stand being talked about much more because, uh, <laughs> like part of me understands, almost 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part of me understands that it's like kind of ridiculous that in like, you know, uh, a fun little game that is clearly so much about the mechanics that there's this sort of, I mean, call it with you know a bunch of scarce quotes ludo narrative dissonance or or whatever but it just i i think it's it's the fact that it kind of mixes the two of things that have such uh uh an uh, intrinsically like logical connection to like physical reality uh like the fact that you're connected to oxygen and when you get disconnected you can't breathe and like the first uh, maybe this is it the first few mechanics it introduces feel very uh, how you were describing intuitive from a mechanical level, but also intuitive from a sort of like 
physics logical level of like because of the theme that's happening i have a sort of deepened understanding of how the mechanic works even before i totally understand it you know what i mean yeah uh like before before i get to the part where there's the thing that disconnects you from the oxygen tank i have the understanding that if i get disconnected from the oxygen tank i'm not going to be able to breathe like i can feel yeah, totally that and the first time that happens coming. it does it is a great moment because you're like yeah you have developed a um almost unconscious feeling of dependence on these like tanks and it suddenly you're freed from them and like mechanically it's like oh look i can move freely but immediately i understand and then the the number just starts ticking down it's like oh my god i'm gonna die i'm going to die yes (laughs) right Uh, so that is a great moment yeah it yeah i agree and i think maybe that's why i ended up dis sort of becoming disconnected from the game when it started introducing things that don't have that clear logic and you just have to learn them strictly as a mechanic they just end up feeling like they they are less um less satisfying to learn and in a certain way kind of like cheapen the original mechanics in the first place it's like oh well if there weren't rules in the first place then like why did I, why was I going around thinking there were going to be rules, you know, or like thinking that these rules were going to hold? I, I don't like th- this is the messed up thing is I'm like, if there was some little thing where the guy's like at the bottom of the ocean, for some reason, there's magic. Then I would have been like, it's true. We don't know a lot about what's down at the body, bottom of the ocean. There could just be <laughs> magic down there. And I might be, we might be having a different kind of conversation, but uh, I mean, <laughs> Like I said, it's just something about the way it mixes these two approaches. The true nitpicker. It, we've, we've. I I know. I feel like I'm normally not like this. You know <laughs> what I mean? But um, but uh, something about the way this. I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to like put my finger on it because I'm I'm trying to think of like other puzzle platformer games like something like Celeste where I feel like things are very purely mechanical like pretty pretty fast i guess sure but that one is also one of the most narrative heavy puzzle platformers i've ever played it's like about a person experiencing depression i mean they kind of sidestep it by virtue of the fact that it's like a metaphor for depression not like Uh you're literally playing a i mean you're you know she's not actually jumping over things and dashing and changing her hair she's you know right it's a metaphor for her struggle Um, right so they kind of get past that but i mean like what is the little like why are there strawberries why is the why is the the little red dot recharge your dash right and that and, and like what i'm saying is like that game's approach is from the jump not really more to physical reality it's like there are magic strawberries you can zip through the air if you touch a diamond while you're in the air you get another zip through the air you know what i mean yeah i, I guess I, I mean i'm really splitting hairs here <laughs> but um and i wish i could think of an example of the sort of opposite but, but there's I, also I can like definitely... physical reality there's like the wind and there's aren't there springs there's bouncy springs right I mean, isn't isn't like I might have no ground to stand on here, Jordan. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out. No, what, I well, what? no, I think the the sort of the, the thing you started with. I do, I do. Um, let me put it, the, here's the degree to which I agree with you. I do agree that the places where the the mechanical change um, 
is intuitive by virtue of being on theme. Like we already talked about the air thing. Uh-huh. I do agree that the that has sort of like the best that that those are some of the most um, memorable moments of the game for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, found the ones that didn't have that uh, l- maybe less um, disruptive to my experience of the game than you did. Right, right. Which but I, I agree they're less good than the the ones that are really driven by you know working mm-hmm. on every level. But I was more just like, okay, now we have electricity. Yeah, yeah, and like the even the electricity one, I was not like totally off board with. Like I was still at the point where like, yeah, I can. I can hand wave myself like it still works kind of like electricity where I'm connecting things with current to, uh, you know, open a door. You know, I have to get the thing that charges my tether and then mm-hmm. touch the charge tether again. Like even that is still like feeling some physical reality. But at the point where I'm like getting a magic electric bubble that is giving <laughs> me like a, zip, a dash. Yeah. Which on the other uh, on, on another side note, I did not like the feeling of that ability. I thought it was really finicky to use, and I didn't understand. Yeah, the understand. thing that confused me is I was expecting it to be like uh, Celeste, where I needed right. to re-dash each time I hit a new bubble. But no, you actually just hold it down. Well, um, and, and furthermore, I think how it works, part of my frustration with it is after finishing the game, I still don't know if this is actually how it works, is that it will go it's not like uh you know celeste or a lot of games where when you tap the button you do uh, you dash a fixed distance instead it's like it it goes longer if you hold it longer uh and i found that really i found that really unintuitive especially given that like you hit something like it in my mind it works like in celeste where you hit the gem and it recharges your thing and you choose when it triggers which it can work like that, but it's really it's the, the timing of figuring out the, the first room where you have that electro bubble. It took me like of two minutes trying to figure out. I could not figure out how they worked. And, yeah. And the, uh, the thing that's tricky about that is, you know, it's mechanically not that similar to the bubbles you have hitherto. Right. Interacted with. Well, I guess except that you can float on. They both interact with the uh, air vents or the. I don't know what those are. The currents. Um, oh, sure. The thing, the the bubbles that float upward with the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the small bubbles that if you, you know. Are the, in a bubble, you will float. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think it's clear that I, I don't quite have. Uh, I, I, I didn't come in with like an understanding of, of why (laughs) so many things didn't sit right with me in this game. Uh, I'm just trying to work through it with you, you know? Yeah. You're my video game therapist. Yes. I am your video game therapist. Um, tell me, (laughs) is the Ludo narrative distance in the room with you right now? Uh, it is. And it's looking, it's giving me a weird look. (laughs) It's, it's a little bit upsetting. Who coined that strike anywhere? Uh, God, it's, uh, yeah, it was like a paper or a talk from like the, I want to say it was like the early two thousands. I re- I first re- remember hearing Clint it Hawking. a lot. Is Clint, oh, Hawking, is Clint Hawking in the room with no you right shit. now? <laughs> <laughs> I I wish I'd love to have a conversation with Clint <laughs> Hawking. I'd tell him all about. I want to talk to him about the creative process of Far Cry too. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, 
what what haven't we what haven't we covered yet with this with this game did you have did you have other thoughts i haven't even looked at my um, notes yet I've well just one been thing i wanted to say is i thought the um i did just generally like the core mechanic which is the tether i felt like the i i actually found myself wanting more there's actually not that many places where you need to swing yourself by the tether but almost right. every place where there was, I thought it was really, um, I thought it was a really fun puzzle mechanic because it had you thinking um, like geometrically in a way that was really fun. Like, oh, I need to wrap myself around this square in order yeah, to shorten yeah. my tether so I can hang at this distance. And I felt mm-hmm. like there was, I really liked the the puzzles that were based on that. And I felt like there was some unexplored space there. Um, we didn't actually get that yeah. many, that much, um, the ones that were, it's just, yeah, the ones that were there were great. I just found myself wanting more of the, and in part it's because it's a very short game. So, you know, we moved to the next mechanic very quickly. Um, but yeah, I just liked the, the tether. I th- think it's fun. I think it's evocative. I like the way it, like the physics are just yeah kind of cool. They're just like the, floaty the basic way movement you jump and around the physics, with it. Yeah. I think feels really good and works like we talked about at the very beginning, the the way that it feels different from other puzzle platformers is good. It has a unique feel that is that is really uh, is is good, is solid. And I think I, I agree with you that I think um, maybe another thing that didn't sit right with me, with me for this game was that it's a little too eager to move on to a, a new mechanical. Uh, I'll, I'll use like the, the sort of, uh, negative like gimmick rather than like fully exploring what I already have. Uh, and so like having the, the swinging kind of like you swing around sometimes, but there aren't a lot of like tricky puzzles where you swing. There's like one or two moments where you kind of have to like think about it. And then it kind Mm -hmm. of, like you said, it kind of gets moved on from. And I think, I think that's true of a lot of the core ideas that I felt were the, the strongest, like, you know, the concept of getting disconnected from the tether and, and running around while you're out of breath, trying to figure out the next thing. Like I, that's a really cool moment and it works really well. Why not explore that more instead of introducing like magic lightning bubble? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, of course I, I, I I hate to be like armchair, uh, game designer, but, but I, it did have me wondering like uh, how much more space, could there have been maybe there maybe there couldn't have been you know what i mean like maybe there maybe there just aren't that many different kinds of puzzles you can make with these mechanics but i think partially i can imagine uh like in my head it's like okay well if it physically works like this then uh you know maybe you could be having something where you're like making a little pulley or you know you know you're you're using the 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 fact that the wrapping yourself around stuff um, when the tether is fully taught sort of uh, changes the physical properties of it that like that could be explored mm-hmm. in a way that to me is more satisfying than adding something that's kind of unmoored from that. that yeah. You know, the, like, and they, I actually, um, you know, there were a few places where the game introduces a kind of new take on the, the tether, but then doesn't do much with it. Like for example, the, where you tether and untether yourself from the blocks I thought that was interesting. Oh, sure. The the one puzzle where you're pulling the block along the top of the map, and then that is um, you need to be able to tether yourself to that in order to hang at 
if I'm remembering right, in order to hang at a certain distance. I just thought that mm-hmm. was really uh, cool because, you know, it, it adds a, a, just a whole, like suddenly um, the puzzles become could, you know, you can imagine them becoming so much more complicated because normally, you know, the puzzles where the, the length of your tether matters, you know, with a little bit of trial and error, you can solve it pretty quick. You know, there's only so many configurations. Right. So there's only so many ways you can wrap yourself around these blocks. Um, right. But if you can now also move the blocks and move the thing to which you're tethered, like, wow, suddenly right. there's so sure. many more configurations of your character's orientation in the world that could, uh, you can play with. Um, so, yeah, I really like that puzzle. But, yeah, you know, it's just the one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it just felt like there was some, some more space that could have been explored there that, you know, that wasn't necessarily for in lieu of other stuff, but yeah, um, maybe it's again, uh, I mean, like, what's the saying? I um something of riches, but it's bad. Uh, embarrassment, of embarrassment riches. of riches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's bad. I think uh, something of riches, but it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's the meaning right <clears throat> too much of a good right, thing right uh, yeah too much of good thing is bad <laughs> <laughs> just there's you know there's so much um it uh the game mostly goes wide rather than deep even though it's underwater sure. hey wow zing <laughs> got him um all right i'm curious were you were you a fiend for those diamonds or were you not that worried about I them started pretty fiendish I only uh-huh. missed one in the first one, and it was one that I missed because um, this annoyed me a little bit. But if you you can miss it and be unable to backtrack to get it, yep, um, yep. that's exactly. We probably it honestly was probably the same one. It probably that, was that happened to me as well because you can miss it very quickly because it automatically hooks you to the next tether, and you can't you know yep. back tether. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, dude, right. I could have got that one. Um, yeah yeah but then as it went on i was finding less of them and in fact i got zero in the final level so oh really <laughs> i i think i got two in the final level but yeah, i definitely I just, had a similar thing yeah. of like at first i was like gotta get them all and then after a while i was like i'm good on that on those actually <laughs> yeah because they're also sort of being hidden ones um yeah and yep. i have a um we'll call it an allergy to uh you do have H- a lot hidden of allergies. collectibles. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have called it an aversion <laughs> to hidden collectibles in games. I just, I'm sorry, I don't have time yeah. to go find every little figurine that you took the time to stick under every rock. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of agree. I feel like that's an old school gaming thing of like, uh, just test all the walls and uh, maybe yeah. behind some of them there will be secret stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm not about this. I, I'm. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too young of a gamer. You know, I need, if there's like, if there's like a little hint there, like a little marking on the wall that says, Oh, check here. Then, Oh, okay. I can do that. Yeah, but if totally. it's just like, you know, Mario hit a random block with your head and it might have something magic in it. I'm like, or like know, even, even more recently, like doom, for example, I don't think I found if, unless I just organically ran into those little dudes, the little uh, oh really? Action figures. I like the collectibles. I did in, not. In no, Doom. yeah. See, I just don't like collectibles. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not collect collectible motivated. Yeah, I'm. I'm not generally, but in Doom, I like 
I mean, I just love that game. So uh, <laughs> an excuse to run around. And I also found that they weren't like, like th- there's weren't like hidden behind a, you know, invisible wall or some shit like that. Like there was always a way you could, I, I liked the way they were hidden around because you could always get there somewhere. It was, it was never like a magical, you know, hidden behind a block that you'd have no way of knowing. Like, yeah, it, totally. it was, it was I, I, my, my aversion is just to the thoroughness is more broad that it, okay. that it requires. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, I, I, some of that thoroughness I'm, I'm, I'm about, I, I enjoy that. So I also just don't um, like, um, I'm trying to think if this is something categorically true, but I generally <laughs> don't like, um, just like, um extrinsic rewards like i never do the challenges in online games i never try to get the skins or the loot boxes or anything i just um, gotcha i just don't feel it yeah i mean that's that's fair enough i think there was a time when that certainly worked better uh on me and now that it has become uh, the disease that uh, it infects <laughs> basically every yeah. video game where uh, they're like, it doesn't matter if the intrinsic joy of the game is there. We'll just stuff it full of extrinsic motivators we just want, and we're going to get it. it will matter whether or not it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I do think there's uh, I think there's some enjoyment in games that are about number going up. I mean, incremental games wouldn't exist if there wasn't that. Uh, but I, I don't need it in every in every single game. Please, <laughs> please stop. Please stop. I don't care about your fucking loot boxes. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, I only have one more note that I really want to uh, touch on, which uh, let me consult my notes here. It just says good turtle. Um, the turtles were good. The turtles were, were good. I, was I like fond that of when them. you when you jump on the turtle that walks on the seafloor, he goes in a shell and then he kind of like peeks out after a minute and then starts walking again. Uh, you know, that was <laughs> it was a very turtley thing of that turtle to do. And I enjoyed it a lot. Although I don't know why the hell there's like a turtle, like a terrestrial turtle walking around at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, you know, may, maybe that was where it all broke down. You for know, me, I, but. You, you know what you're reminding me of that <laughs> episode that? of the sixth season of community when um, Elroy is ranting about the fact that he invented uh, the original Mario game, like the one, <laughs> or no, the original Donkey Kong where Mario was fighting, you know, right. Donkey right. Kong. Um, and, uh, and in his, it was like a turtle with a wrench or something. I don't even remember what it was. But then Britt is uh-huh. like, why does a turtle have a wrench? And then he's like, why is Mario fighting a monkey? <laughs> and I, <laughs> listen, I'm just asking the important questions. Okay, Jordan. Yes. You, happening. you care why Mario is fighting a monkey. I mean, he kidnapped his girlfriend. That's true. You know, maybe that it's one King is King Kong. It's a play on King Kong. That's true. It <laughs> like, is King Kong. That part yeah, has you know, been. Elroy was wrong. <laughs> Brita was right. Who, who, who could imagine this, this situation? Um, okay. Uh, any other thoughts on, on this game from you, Jordan? Um, I think we covered, uh, you know, in a somewhat indirect way, <laughs> everything I had, um, uh, but yeah, nope. I thought I, I enjoyed it. I think I probably enjoyed it a little bit uh, more than you. Um, so, but I, I would say it was worth the $6 if uh, listeners are on the fence about uh, trying it out. Yeah, personally. Yeah, I mean, even even I think that. 
Uh, so uh, yeah, check check out this game on uh, Steam or Itch or you know wherever. I, I don't know if it's on things other than Steam or Itch, but those are two pretty good options. So <laughs> you uh, probably have check one of it those. Out. Yeah, probably. Um, if you listen to this podcast, I should hope you do because otherwise, what are you doing, man? <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't have to play along, but. Um, <laughs> Alrighty, I'm going to tell the people about what we're playing next week because I'm excited that you're interested in this. Um, so what we'll be playing next week is Bloodborne PSX, um, which if you're not familiar, PSX is uh, like the abbreviation for PlayStation, the original PlayStation. It was called PSX in Japan, I believe it was called PSX. I don't know why it's called PSX, why, why PSX is the shortening for uh, PlayStation, but it is. So this is this is uh, what what the kids call a demake of the uh, popular 2015 from software souls like video game Bloodborne. Um, so it has been remade in. I don't actually know. I'm going to assume it's Unity just because most games are. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Uh, but it's it's uh, designed to look like what if Bloodborne was made in the mid to late 90s on a PlayStation one and it had an old style graphical aesthetic. Um, I found out about this game probably when most people did when there was sort of like a, a teaser video of uh, of the um, the character fighting father Gascoigne in um, <laughs> in like PlayStation graphics. And I assumed that it was like many other videos I'd seen where there had been these kind of like mock-ups of what if uncharted came out on the PlayStation and it's just kind of like a fun mock-up video that circulates on Twitter. I just assumed it was that. Uh, and then I found out that no, actually this is a real functional uh, sort of uh, remake of bloodborne in a, PlayStation one style uh, and the developer has been working on it for the last year and it came out. It actually came out today when we're recording this, but you won't hear this episode for probably a few weeks. Um, but anyway, we're going to play that. Uh, so I think it'll be a fun time. Um, yes, if you want, I it, agree. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to link to that, uh, I think you'll have to follow us on Twitter so that I don't have to read out uh, an annoying itch link that you probably <laughs> won't. <laughs> yes. be able to spell H-T-T-P-S so tell them about twitter colon forward slash for, no just kidding um uh-huh. yeah so if you want to if you want a link to the game um just go ahead and follow us on twitter at edgeguardcast we will uh tweet out a link to the new episode as well as uh to where you can find the game and um a twitter handle for the creator as well so um yeah uh, that's uh, where we we tweet out all the updates for the podcast sort of our uh, one-stop shop for edge guard news so if you're interested in uh updates on when we release new episodes games we play that sort of thing um we'd love to have you uh, follow us so that again that's at edge cast we'll be playing bloodborne psx next time and we will talk to you then